You ever wonder what happened 3,000 years ago? Well, guess what? We're actually going to find out as we start the Netflix Season 4 of Seven Deadly Sins. Cody, 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 here we are, back again post-Thanksgiving. How the hell are you, man? Oh, man, I am great. I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a good one. Got your fill, you know? Definitely got my fill. Uh, You know, wore sweatpants the whole time, you know, because... Um, you know, you know, what happens when you uh, when you eat all those uh, all those delicious uh, vittles that are, um, you know, the the normal fare on Thanksgiving. However, Cody, I did Steaksgiving. Me and my wife uh, just stayed home. We had steaks, potatoes, vegetables, salad. You know, a couple of salads. I love salads, Chris. <laughs> That's right. But how about you, man? Did you have a good one? Oh yeah, we had a little friendsgiving, uh, and then I had a little family one uh, with just me, my pops, and my stepmom, and. Uh... Lovely. Had all the fixings, the green bean casserole, the ham with the pineapple on top. Oh, you know. yeah. Picture I, perfect. Yeah, I'm more of a ham guy. I'm not a turkey guy, so. Fair enough. Yeah, we don't support be... turkey on this podcast. No, I'm kidding. no that's right. We, you know, we are, you know, we, we, lo- we love the actual majestic animal, the yeah. turkey. <laughs> ham and steaks only. <laughs> that's right. Dude, I, I'll crush a piece of ham, especially for breakfast. Oh, <laughs> But anywho, Cody, we're back. Um, you know, last week obviously we took a, a quick detour for the holidays with some eight man after, but we're back with uh, the the most recent season of Seven Deadly Sins, and I'm pretty on board for the most part. Um, I don't think I know this was the you know we talked about this that uh, when we finished season three that apparently like this is where the animation style kind of uh, it's okay. I'll, I'll I'll preface it like this: you definitely notice it. But it's not as bad as I think people made it out to be. There are some moments where it's just like, oh, they just fucking scribbled this on the back. Like they scribbled this guy's face on the back of a cocktail napkin. Like they just like they had to get this frame done. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I definitely expected far worse. Um, for yeah, for same. how rushed it seemed that they had to make this because uh, obviously the, they had like the studio change. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely from what the internet had led me to believe I expected way worse. Um, and it wasn't honestly too noticeable. I just, I didn't even notice it until this final episode that we watched. Um, yeah, it wasn't until like the home, like coming down the home stretch um, that I noticed. Again, it's like whenever you would see like big group shots, it was like, what the fuck are they drawing? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there was actually a moment where they're in the, uh, um, when they're in the, the boar's hat too, um, when they're in the, the end and like, they're all like having a, like they're all getting ready to go do something. And I was just like, this might be the ugliest drawing I've ever. It looks like like a kindergarten child like drew this. Like <laughs> it was bad. See, I must have been like looking down, writing a note or something at that point. Oh man, yeah, uh, it did not look good at all. Yeah, maybe all the bad scenes happened while I was taking my notes. Oh. <laughs> well, then you got lucky. But uh, speaking of luck, Cody, um, you know, I, I from what I understand, you're coming down the home stretch of your uh, of your Budweiser Holiday Seltzer Pack, so. I, I know what you're drinking, but go ahead and tell the uh, tell the folks at home listening what you're drinking. All right, Chris, we're finally <laughs> we're here. We, we... The hour of reckoning. <laughs> we got the Bud Light Seltzer Party Pack flavor number four. We got the peppermint patty, Chris. Oh man, I'm gonna get before... I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get a quick swig of this. Oh, I'm sorry, what were you saying? No, no, I was. That's what I was gonna say before I even say what I'm drinking. I need you to take a sip of this bad boy and. I need to know a sober. Uh, re- I need a sober review of it. It it just tastes like a candy cane, sort of. Ah, 
I guess if you want to buzz and you want to keep the breath fresh, maybe you got a lady. Oh, there you go. Maybe you got a lady friend coming over. Um, oh, there you go. Or you, you, you know, it's like your road home has always got a checkpoint on it. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we man. don't condone drinking and driving on this cast either. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a peculiar taste. I don't. You know, I, I don't, I don't really enjoy it, but you know, I'm gonna suffer through it, kind of like Seven you know, Deadly Sins. You know, uh, yeah, that's the best way to describe it. Well, I, for one, am getting uh, festive with it. Maybe it'll make a noise here. Oh, I, I got something. I, that. I got, got something. something. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm going old school since we're, you know, doing some high fantasy medieval. Um, you know, we're four seasons in. I figure I'd break out the mead. You know, mead, the King Arthur of beers. Now, Chris, so what, what exactly is a mead? So mead, you know how beer is fermented from from usually grains are the source, uh, the primary source of soluble sugars, and that's what you're fermenting mm-hmm. um, to create the alcohol. Mead is usually made from honey. Honey is the source of soluble sugar, and that's what turns it into alcohol. And usually they add different flavors. Um, usually it's a lot of citrus or herbs, depending on what you're going for. Interesting. Okay. I don't think I've ever yeah. actually had like a mead before. I'll well, be honest. They come in, some of them are, I've had some that are just awful and I've had some that are, I mean, they, they can be anywhere from just awful and just so sickly sweet to like cough medicine and everywhere in between. Um, like the one I'm drinking now is actually a, a local Virginia one. It's, the meadery is called Saga and this is a sunburst citrus. So you get a little honey, but it's very bright and limity. It almost tastes like if you were to take a glass of lemonade and maybe just drizzle a little honey in it. That's what it tastes like. Hmm. Doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, and it's uh it's it's high alcohol. It is 12% ABV. Oh, love that. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, it's got some stank on it. And, the, and what's scary is this is one of those ones where it's not hot, there's no alcohol burn, like it tastes like you're drinking again lemonade. So I got to be careful with this stuff, but it's good. And usually they're served in wine bottles. Uh, they're, they're, they have a lot of uh, wine-like characteristics, but I highly recommend it. Um, anybody who uh, – I, I, I highly recommend trying mead at least once. Um, I would even say do it twice because you may not hit a good one on the first go. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like a seltzer party pack, right, Chris? <laughs> hey, there it is. That's the best way to put it. But uh, – we're getting out to get back into the party pack, Cody. We are we are in season four of this party pack known as Seven Deadly Sins. And uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, go ahead and set the tone for us? Let's cut the lights down low. Let's draw back the curtain, and uh, let's open up with these uh, these humans being escorted by some blue demons. Yeah, like like you said, they're being escorted by some, these blue, like kind of like the bird demons that we saw yeah. in the previous seasons. Um, and uh, <laughs> they're basically being taken to as sacrifices for the Ten Commandments. Yep. Uh, Chris, this is where we get our first scene of the white of blood. Like, <laughs> yeah, like this glowing, like it, it's like when somebody gets because the one the one guy who's like panicking gets like what gets uh cut he gets like stabbed or cut by one of the demons. I don't remember yeah. where like the demon tries to like, he get like him. he like grabs him by the head and like, yes. Whereas like fingernails would be is like where he starts bleeding and it's just this white ooze. Um, yeah, like like it's it's like milky. It's so weird. And yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, well, that's awfully weird because we've seen a lot of blood up to this point. How we've 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 seen faces and titties, but it's like you're not going to give us blood now. 
Yeah, Bond literally exploded last season. Like, yeah, <laughs> fucking right. There's literally blood in every episode. Um, so it seems like in this se- in this season they tried to censor it, and then mm-hmm. I guess I didn't do too much research on it, but I heard that there was like some fan backlash like immediately after the first episode aired. I be- I fucking believe it. Um, so that's why they kind of tone it back to like uncensored blood, and then they kind of okay. throw in the censorship again. So. Yeah, because I noticed, like, whenever somebody gets cut or stabbed, like, when there's blood flowing, it goes to, like, the silver stuff. But, like, when it's static or it's, like, a dead body, it's red. Yeah, and it's very... I I, I don't understand the choice in that animation, but... Yeah, I don't either. You know, we're... we're, There's no getting off this train, Chris, so... No, yeah, we're we're, in it. This this fuck train has no brakes, sir. uh, But anyhow... Uh, we get our heroes, Bon and Meliodas. They come to the rescue of these prisoners. Yeah, they show up using all their special moves. Yeah, and they pretty much make quick work of these guys. Um, and they kind of question the villagers, and they kind of tell them what's going on, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we flash over to the boys, Hauser and Greenmore. Um, yeah. And they're, they're kind of helping to rebuild on Leon- Leonis. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Grandmaster uh, Howithuser. Yeah, they're discussing that there's a new Grandmaster to be named, and, uh, spoiler alert, it's my boy Hauser. Oh, man, yeah, how, how, that's pretty random, right? Like, I don't even think, like, he was the strongest, but, like, I don't, we don't even, like, is Gilthunder just, like, gone? Did he just, like, pack up and move to a different anime? Well, I think he, he's, he's still, didn't he get captured by Vivian? Like, way He early. sure did. He yeah. sure did. Because, dude, I, I asked, all about that. I asked myself the same question, I was like, Wait, it's not Gil Thunder? And I'm like, wait a minute, Gil Thunder. I'm glad like... you remember that. I forgot when she got exposed, she like grabs him and just like hauls ass away. Yeah, and we haven't I seen... forgot all about that. Yeah, we just haven't seen them since then, so it's kinda of hard to remember, like because well, you don't see them in the movie or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Which I guess also makes sense if that's when the movie takes place. Fine. I I'll forgive it. I'll forget you know, it's my fault. I missed the, the error there. <laughs> no, uh, the movie, no excuses for that terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyhow, we see a, a quick scene of a boy named Pelio uh, mm-hmm. calling himself Peliotis the Dragon Sin. He's like a little kid, kind of, I guess he's pretending to be Meliodas, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, we also flash over to Camelot, and uh, we see our, our boy Zeldris, uh, and he's informed by one of these, like, blue demon things that the that they're transit i guess you'd call it has been attacked um by meliodas mm-hmm. uh yeah but we got yeah we, got, we have a uh, zeldris just sitting there on his throne yeah on king arthur's throne how dare you that's right that's right oh man pardon me that bastard uh <laughs> then we see uh esterosa uh who's, mm-hmm. who's kind of like in this unconscious I don't, I don't know what to call it he's just like unconscious basically and zeldris mm-hmm. is kind of standing over him and he actually awakens um that's all we all we really get to see of that. Um, he he like sees some flashbacks of Meliodas basically in his head, and that causes him to wake up. And then we flash back over to our boy Pelio, this new kid on the block. Uh, for, that's right. That's right. For one whole episode, of course. Um, oh, of course. <laughs> but it turns out his father's actually been trading like the townspeople as human sacrifices to the demon race, uh, basically to keep him safe. Yeah, because they see those demons going by. Um, when they're they're out doing something, and like the, the kid says something, and the dad's like, "I need to keep it down. You don't want them to hear you." Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and this this angers Pelio. Um, so he attempts basically to stand up to the demons in the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and luckily, that's a big oof. Yeah, luckily for him though, our heroes, the seven deadly sins, arrived just in time. Oh, of course they did. Uh, except for, of course, Deanne and King. They're back at uh, at the Fairy King Forest at this time. Yeah. Um, so the sins they end up saving the townspeople, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth she heals the wounded, and uh, this is where. Everything's pretty much safe. The, the town's been saved. This is the village that that, that caravan of prisoners had come from. Um, yep. So after they get done saving them, Hawk actually reveals, Chris, the new the new boar's hat that you mentioned earlier. Well, Hawk, Hawk tries to reveal it, but, uh, like, who is it? Uh, Bond is like, oh, what's this? Mm-hmm. And they just, he just draws it back, and Hawk is super pissed. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's fine. I'll make you some delicious scraps. It's okay. But even then, that didn't really appease him. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we flash back to the Kingdom of Leonis, where Bartra names Hauser, like we said before. He's the new Grandmaster now, um, mm-hmm. which obviously is pretty. He's pretty surprised, kind of like I mean, I was pretty surprised because I haven't seen this this season. Um, this is mm-hmm. the first new season I've watched of this show, so yeah. And, and, and honestly, I can understand it not being obviously. I can understand it not being Hendrickson or uh, or Dreyfus. I completely understand. Yeah, if yeah. it's not them, all things considered, but. Yeah, when Hauser suggested it could be one of those two, I was like, uh, did you not remember what Have just happened? Have you not happened? been watching the last, like, the last three seasons, bro? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Bartra, also, he reveals that he's had another one of these, like, vision things that he has. Mm-hmm. And it involves all seven sins together, and then it's like in, a, in like a foggy kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, then we flash over to King and Deanne for just a brief moment, and it seems foggy over there, so... When I first saw this, I thought this might be like step one of his, of his little revelation thing that he saw in his head. Yep. Uh, but it turns out it's just King or King. I'm sorry. He's just relaxing in the tub, and Deanne hops in, not notices him through the fog, and a uh, little fa- little fan service moment there. Of course, but you know, again, with these two, I don't mind it, and I I love where they get, um, as we go through this. Like I actually, I, I was I, this first half of the season actually made me really really happy. You know, overall. Yeah, our boy King finally, finally, finally gets there. <laughs> yes, he does. What a stud. Um, but moving on, episode two. Our boy King, he's actually pretty upset that he hasn't grown a pair, Chris. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm talking about wings. Um, yeah. Which Deanne's very encouraging of. Um, but King actually, he starts to question the whereabouts of Gloxenia and Troll. Because mm-hmm. we, we haven't seen them since... Really, all these fights went down. I don't think we've seen them since the yeah, the, since the the, uh, the the little tournament thing. Yeah, the King of the Ring. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> uh, but Gearhead, as I like to call her, tells King that that's right. She's ex- an exp- experiencing an odd gaze upon herself. Mm-hmm. Um, which is odd because then we got a, a a dance party breaks out. Chris, I I this all this my l- favorite things are happening right now. <laughs> yeah. And then King and Deanne get captured by Gloxini and Droll. Uh, yep, there it is. We got from point A to point B. Uh, so, How'd you get there? Doesn't matter. We're just there. Yeah, fighting ensues between these guys. Uh, turns out Droll can dance as well, so I guess it goes hand in hand with being a giant that you can dance. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's just kind of how it goes. You got served, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, I know you're a pretty tall guy, and I know you you got the dance moves for sure. Um, oh, so. I, I can. I have been known to cut a rug from time <laughs> to time. Don't make me break out my cardboard and my boombox. Love that. 
Um, but Drill and Gluxenia, they make quick work of these guys. Um, oh, yeah. And this is where they kind of kind of switch like switch on them. They kind of it seems like they're trying to be kind of good guys because they reveal these planes that they want to train King and Deanne. Yeah, like they had this thing that they were just like we didn't really want to be with the uh with the 10 commandments and you know, as we go through we kind of see what kind of put them in these situations. So I thought that was kind of a neat little uh just a, a nice little uh, turnabout, as it were. Yeah, nice little change of heart. Um, so Gloxenia, she like heals up their wounds. Um, and King and Deanne, they agreed to go into this training of them. Um, and next thing you know, Chris, they're waking up, and they're basically in the roles of Gloxenia and Droll. Like, mm-hmm. King like is they Glo- are them. Yeah, King is Gloxenia, and Deanne is Droll. And this is obviously, of course, our favorite 3,000 years ago. Oh, of course, it's 3,000. And they're approached by, like, the Meliodas of the past, and then this goddess race, Elizabeth, um, which is a little shocking to them. They're surprised to see this version of Elizabeth, um, Mm -hmm. because obviously this is 3,000 years in the past, but we'll we'll unpack all that, don't worry. Yeah, because that's actually one of, that that kind of revelation that we come, come to is, Maybe one of my favorite moments in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like all these confusing story things are starting to... Yeah, they, they all start to come to a head, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so King, obviously, he suspects this is Britannia from 3,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they follow Elizabeth and Meliodas to a large group of demons. Um, then we're introduced to a former Ten Commandment, which I believe his name is Comedios. Mm-hmm. And he confronts King and Deanne. And that, that's where this episode comes to a close. Um, so continuing on their training, or on their training, I'm sorry. Uh, in the in the present time, Gloxenia actually has a, a small conversation with Helbrum. Uh, mm-hmm. He's obviously still residing in King's Helmet. Yep. Um, basically, just tells him, "Hey, if they don't wake up, they'll never. Or if they don't pass this trial, they'll never ri- wake up in the yep, real world." Yeah, has this, this whole "they can die in the past" kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're introduced to a man named Ro, uh, who King actually yeah. confuses to Bon at first. Yep, he's like he's like the generic like blonde version of Bon, but like yeah, just very like generic anime side character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he joins this uh, this ragtag bunch we got going here. The, uh, the the stigma, I think, is what they're called. Yeah, it's like an alliance. Stigma. It's like an alliance between the giants, the fairies, humans. and the humans. Yep, and the goddesses i believe from, mm, well, from... like, it's like they it's like they work for the goddesses or something like that or they're they support the goddesses but like it, it's like it's like being on the same plane as somebody in first class like you know you can't go up there but you're on the same plane as them you know that's right. the vibe i got mm-hmm. and uh, speaking of which we're introduced to sir Ludos- ludosio what'd you call me Lud- <laughs> ludosio i believe mm-hmm. uh and he's one of the four archangels. Um, and then we're introduced to Neurobasta. Which... Yep, now, this is the girl that was... This is the one that took over uh, the... What's his name? The Denzel, like, summon from his yes. sword? Okay. Yeah. I thought I was losing my mind when I first saw her. I was like, I've seen this character before, and I was trying to remember where it was, and I thought it might be that, um, so I'm glad mm-hmm. that that is who that is. Um, and she's kind of like an aide to Ludociel. Um, mm-hmm. 
But anyhow, we overhear some giants talking <laughs> briefly, Chris. So we flash to a scene of some giants sitting around a campfire. And they actually mention the Six Knights of Black, which is... Yeah, well, they had to fucking tie that shit together somehow. Yep, so I guess the movie's not canon. Or I guess the movie is canon. I'm sorry. Oh, Excuse that hurts. Yeah. Um, but we don't see him, luckily. Uh, thank goodness. Um, but Ludociel, he plans to eradicate the demon race, which is kind of against what Elizabeth wants. Because um, obviously mm. she's working with Meliodas, and she's offended that he like even says that in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Gearhead from the past. <laughs> Who has like legs and stuff, oddly enough. Yeah, and she... two eyes. <laughs> yeah, so she approaches King, and turns out that Gloxenia is actually her older brother i believe mm-hmm. yep um and obviously king's in the role of gloxenia um yep so gloxenia and king has some pretty uh pretty staggering parallels obviously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um then the commandments they start to approach the fairy king forest where everybody's at um and they're actually confronted by elizabeth uh she's kind of trying to convince them like hey we got they're trying the lidociel's got this plan he's trying to like I'm basically trying to annihilate the demon race, and she's kind of like taking a stand for like all races, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ludociel interrupts all this, and he reveals this like big, giant, spherical thing. They they call it an ark, and it's full of like all these minor demons, uh, including including like Derriere's sisters in there. Derriere, yeah, because she, she's back. Monspeed's back. All 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 your favorites are here. Um, That's right, because we're you know we're three thousand years in the past. They're not dead. Yeah, and he kills basically everybody in this arc. It's just like a bunch of minor demons, mostly. Um, mm-hmm. And then two arc, two more archangels arrive, uh, and that's where this episode ends. And we meet Sariel and Tarmiel. Mm-hmm. They're like two, something like that. Two more of the four archangels, so we got three of the four here. Um, and they summon their Omega Arc, which is basically another giant sphere thing that kills demons. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much kill everybody except for the important people. Um, oh, of course. So we got Derriere, Monspy, Gallen, Molescula, and Fraudrin. Um, and they kind of all start to fight with these two new archangels, Sario and Tarmiel. So we got a lot of lot of names here. That's so it's going to get a little confusing here, uh, as always. Because then we got we flash over to Ludociel and Nerobasta, and it turns out Gother is just using his little mind trick um, to get Nerobasta to call for backup, basically, and, like, lead him to... I don't even know what's going on here. Um, but Gother's doing his Jedi mind tricks, of course. Exactly. And, that, you know, we expect nothing less. And I, I, really cool stuff about Gother in this uh, little arc here, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of his backstory gets revealed. I, pretty much everything. Um, so we'll get into that. Um but then the Dociel, he joins the fight. So now he got three Archangels against five of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chris, this is where we see Monspeet and Derriere, like, unleash their complete full power. Yeah, they go, like, they go, like, Super Saiyan 3. Yeah, they, it's called Endura. Um, and mm-hmm. basically, they have to sacrifice six of their seven hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they basically become these, like, diabolical creature things. Like, they, mm-hmm. I mean, they look crazy. Derriere's got a big crab claw thing. Mm-hmm. Monspeed's got squid arms. <laughs> yeah, they look very, uh, very Cthulhu-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
Elizabeth arrives, and she basically says she's going to put it into all this fighting. Uh, mm-hmm. Moving into the next episode, uh, she basically plans to save Monspeet and Derriere because there's no coming back from this form that they're currently in. Um, they basically like go until they're dead. Yep. And they they One don't have ticket. yeah they don't have any control over like they have no thought they've lost like they're just they're they're pretty berserk i mean i guess in the in the traditional like high fantasy like they're they've kind of gone like berserker status yeah definitely fuck with you berserker <laughs> but yeah so laducio he tries to stop elizabeth and he gets confronted by maliotis as well as sario and tario they kind of like flip the script on him uh-huh. um and we got a lot of that a lot of change of hearts happen in this in this little chunk of episodes um, but Elizabeth, she succeeds and returns Monspeet and Derriere to their true forms. Um, and then King and Deanne, obviously in the forms of Droll and Glaxenia, they stop Ludociel from killing the two of them. So it's kind of, they're kind of putting an interesting predicament here, because now they're protecting the Ten Commandments. Yeah, which I thought was very, very odd, considering yeah. that, like, I mean, just literally episode, like two episodes ago, they were ready to just wipe them all out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ludusiel he orders Narabasta to summon Mail, um, who we don't actually see. I don't think at all through this chunk of episodes. Nothing that uh, I can remember. Yeah, and this like snaps her out of her like confusion under Gother's spell, and she sees that Gother and Malascula are there, and they're introdu- they're interacting with the door to the goddess realm, which is going to get even more confusing there. Uh, yeah, well, we're we're, go- we're going deep. Um, then we flash over to Roe and a few others, and the humans, it turns out, they're not on their side. They start killing fairies and killing giants. Yeah, this was brutal. And it was Roe, man. Like, Roe kind of set his peace and made me a real sad boy here. Yeah, because King, like, uh, tasked like, him. protect her, yeah. Yeah, he's like, hey, hey protect um, Gearhead. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't think of her name. Um, which is almost... You start to get this, like uh, the similarities between, like real life King and Elaine and Gloxenia and Gearhead. Like you, you kind of see the similarities there. Um, but Gother confronts King and Deanne, um, and King reveals to Deanne that Gother, in the present time, is the one who stole her memories. Um, so like basically saying, hey, in like current times, this is the guy that caused you to lose all your memories. Um, yep. So you got a whole lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, Molascula... A lot of big reveals here. Yeah, Molascula succeeds in opening the Demon Gate, um, which I thought she was opening the gate to the Goddess Realm. I don't know what's going on with that, and it really doesn't even affect what's happening in the current world <laughs> anyhow. So <laughs> Exactly. Um, but, oh yeah, it turns out Gother had also manipulated Molascula to open the door to the Demon Realm prison. Which, Chris, is where the real Gother is. Yeah, old fucking wheelchaired up. My man is chaired up. Yeah, Professor Xavier Gother here. Um, That's right, looking looking like fucking Edward Elric's dad. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, now, we're, now we're at the third Gother, I believe, we've seen. We, we had I the, believe so. The suit of armor, and then puppet Gother, we had Gother with the green hair, and now this That's Gother. Right. I don't now we got the Gother, you know, not just a Gother. Like it, when when mail comes for Gother, this is who it's for. That's right. Um, and he informs King and Deanne that the humans are revolting. 
Um, that, referring to like Roe and all those guys that are back at the Fairy King yep. Forest. And King throws a fucking fit. Yeah, so King basically, he leaves to head back there. Um, mm. Gother believes it, real Gother now, because there's two. <laughs> so it's going to mm. get a little a little dicey here on the notes. Uh, Gother believes he can end the Holy War. Um, and he tells new Gother, a.k.a. the Gother we've known for the last two seasons, that he will have to carry on his own life. And he asks Deanne and King basically to guide him and like keep him on the right path in the future. You know, just kind of keep him on the straight and narrow. Uh And uh, Deanne agrees to help. Um, And Gother gives Deanne a parting gift, um, which we don't really get to see exactly what it is just yet. Um, But we flash over to King. He's on his way back to protect Gearhead, obviously. Um, and like this whole time he's having that fit. He's just, he's thinking of his, uh, of King's actual sister. Yeah. He's thinking like he failed to protect. Yeah, and he's, he's kind of reliving those moments, like where he failed to protect Elaine. Yep. Yada, yada, yada. Um, and then we flash over to Roe and there's like a, a human that's about to like land a strike on Gearhead and then Roe kills that guy. So like, yeah. The I, fuck? I don't know what Rose... Like, this is one of the most confusing parts. I'm like, but you just turned on all these people, and now you want to protect her still? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um. Yeah, it's it's just weird. Uh, then we get, like, a, a small flashback of Rose past, which is even more unnecessary, but... It's yep, like don't his, give a fuck about this guy. Yeah, his village had been attacked by giants and fairies... Because they like nursed a demon back to health. Yep, and he became friends with the demon. It looked like a, a damn Staphos from uh, from uh, Legend of Zelda, and like he's he's like laughing and having a good time. I mean, I, I get it, right? He's just a kid who found himself a new friend. Yep. Uh, but King arrives, uh, but he actually like hesitates and stops himself from killing Rogue. Oh yeah, because he is ready to fucking just just chuck the spear right through him. Yeah, and he actually stops himself. And this actually causes him to awaken back in present time. Yep. And Gloxie... Uh, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, please. I, was gonna, I think we're going to the same conclusion here. Yeah, Gloxina reveals that he couldn't stop himself and ended up killing Ro. Um, so it makes it seem like that when the, the sins, they make a, a an, an, an altered decision, that they'll be... Mm-hmm. They'll pass their training, quote-unquote. Yep. Um, but yeah, so Gloxina had actually killed Ro in the past. Um Yep, and and um, yeah, it was kind of cool, right? Because it was just like, pretty much, he was saying that like, when he, I guess when King was, I guess what I'm trying to say here, when King was asked, he was just like, I mean, you don't really come across like real evil that often. He's like, people have reasons for what they do. Mm-hmm. And then and uh, I thought that was kind of like he's like, you know, I guess you start talking about people's circumstances and how sometimes, like, you know, they're not really different from his own. It was, it was really cool. It was a really cool kind of, like, lighthearted moment from King. Yeah, he kind of gets to see, like, he got to live through, literally, like, live in Gloxenia's shoes during these moments yep. where he became, like, one of the Ten Commandments, well, essentially. Because he said... what I... No, go ahead. He said that, like, that was the moment that, like, caused him to kind of go down the path of evil, really. Yep, because, like, it cuts to him and it shows him, like, raging the fuck out. Um, but what I thought was really cool is like King's kind of experienced this already before. So I think not being like engulfed by that rage also kind of, you know, helped him, you know, 
make the right choice. I thought it was just a really cool like story moment where it's like, you know, Gloxino expected this to happen and thought like for sure it was going to happen this way, but because King has experienced this already, he knew, I guess he he had learned from this situation before. Yeah. He kind of had like the self control. Um, Exactly. And then back in the, what I like to call the VR training. That's right. The the hyperbolic time chamber. Yeah. From 3000 years ago, of course, uh, Zelda arrives before Deanne and the two Gothers. Um, (sighs) Fucking, Zeldris the Executioner. What a fucking name, dude. What a name. Yeah, and we're moving right along. We're in episode seven now. Uh, yeah. He reveals the Demon King is furious um, for Gother opening, like, the gate to the demon prison. Mm. Uh, and basically needs him to get back in there. Um, uh, just open the door up and anybody just fucking rolls out, <laughs> yeah. don't they? Yeah, so Deanne challenges Zeldris. Um, I don't know why she did this one. Oh, uh, my God, because it, it's fucking real quick work. Yeah, he makes quick work out of her, and then he uh, he reveals that he is the Demon King surrogate, and that he's yep. the Demon King has actually lended Zeldris his power. Yep. So he's clearly the strongest there is, basically. Oh, by a mile. Uh, and he gives Dian basically a choice. He's like, look, you can either join the Ten Commandments or die here. Yeah, or die right here. <laughs> then we flash to present day, and Dian suddenly awakened. Yeah, well, it looks like, like <laughs> King is having like a weird, like, you know, like having his... I'm real. His real sad boy moment. Yeah, he's he's freaking out because Droll's basically like she can't actually pass her test. Like mm-hmm. if she chooses to die, she dies, and if she chooses the Ten Commandments, then she lives out his life basically. So it's like a, a lose lose situation. And Deanne's like, well, I just ran away. <laughs> yeah. Turns out there and, was uh, there was an option C there. <laughs> and Droll's like, oh, all right. He's like impossible. Um, right. She actually turns to King, Chris, mm-hmm. and finally plants oh, him. Oh, she says the L word. Yeah, hits him with the I love you and plants him with the big smooch. Oh, the big smooch. Right, right on the lips, too. Not no bullshit cheat kiss. Like, he, he got what he wanted. Yep. After. But then, like, the next scene, it shows him with no shirt on. So did he actually get what he fucking wanted? Yeah, he's like, oh, man, Oslo, I was having the best dream. <laughs> oh, best worst, dude. <laughs> And she's like, oh, no, you weren't dreaming, silly. She's like, Gother restored my memories. So the gift that Gother gave her was to restore her memories. Um, yep. And then she tells King that she's always loved him and will never Ever since stop. That, that day you made that promise. 200 years ago, Chris. If you, oh, man. For those of you we're guys there. with the timeline broken out here. That's right. For those keeping track at home. Yep. And then, Chris, you see King on his back. He's got these little, he's finally grown a pair. Of wings. Yes, he has. <laughs> little baby right. little baby wings. And they look so they look so cute and he's tickled shitless about it. Yeah, so they've passed their training. Um and then uh they basically want to try and get back to get back with the sins and head back to Leonis. Um so Gloxenia, he apologizes to his sister, uh Gearhead, of course, for killing Roe and all this other stuff. And then we get the the revelation, Chris, that Roe has been reincarnated as Oslo. <laughs> ah, so, yeah. What? Whatever. I mean, yeah. Uh, whatever. So Oslo yeah, clearly is like, exactly. protects Gearhead, but Oslo is King's dog thing, so I... I yeah, his big dog pillow thing. It's It's just, look, we didn't need that connection. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's a mess. Um, but anyhow, 
Foxini says he, he's going to protect the forest now. So him and Droll are basically, for now, they're good guys as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like there, it's not, there's not like any, like, there's no malice behind it. Like, they're not doing this evilly. It seems like they're actually, like, trying to make a turn yeah. for the better. Well, yeah, and it's also like they have they kind of got away from um, Zeldris and everybody else. I mean, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, because they never wanted to be exactly like, evil in the first place, which I think is... It's cool. That's it's neat. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because they're not really demons. They're, you know, you have the the fairy king and the giant king. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, Glaxina says he's going to protect the forest. So Dean and King, uh, they basically hop in. Oslo teleports them back to Leonis, um, mm-hmm. and then finally, Chris, we're reunited with our crew, Meliodas, and the rest of the sins. That's right. The whole gang is here, and they're actually at that. Like the tower where they were framed for killing Zaratros way back when, and like the king's there, and they're like, "Oh, you've been here this whole time." <laughs> yeah, so they all show up. All our seven sins are reunited once again. Mm-hmm. They kind of get reacquainted, kind of tell everybody, "Oh, this is what happened." Deanne's got her memories back. Yada yada yada. They're constantly interrupting King Bartra, who's like off in the yeah. background <laughs> trying yeah, to like that's talk. Right. Um. And when Bartra finally gets a chance to talk, he reveals this, like, small silver heart. Yeah, almost like a locket kind of thing. Yeah, which this causes, this prompts Gother to, like, run away randomly. Um, oh, yeah, hauls ass. Yeah, and so the others kind of, like, chase after him. And uh, in between chase and after him, Meliodas, he starts telling Bond a little bit about Gother's backstory. Mm-hmm. And that, like, he knew his owner, who was also named Gother, of course. Um, and he basically made this doll to look like his lover, in a man's body, so that he wouldn't, like, lust for him. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, man, we, we got real fucking weird there for a second, didn't we? Yeah, we got a little bit. Uh, and then, while Gother's running away, basically, he keeps seeing these scenes of, like, this purple-haired woman. Mm-hmm. And he he's about to use Lost World to his little ability to, like, erase his own memories. Um, and then we flash back to 45 years ago, Chris, get your timeline out. And That's right. 45 years ago, go through it. He's like in this cave place. Um, and he meets Nadja. And Nadja is the brother or the sister of Bartra, the king of Leonis currently. Uh, and she, so she tells her, tells her brother basically, Hey, I found go this guy named go He's like a doll in this cave, yada, yada, yada. Um, very, very confusing couple scenes here. Um, but Gother eventually discovers his his creator, also named Gother, of course. Of course. Finds his dead body, uh, and so he's he's kind of upset. Um, Nadia, Nadia, I'm sorry, Nadja, Nadja. There we go. Yeah, it was Nadja. Returns and uh, gives Gother a book, uh, which he reads instantly. Um, <laughs> I, of course. I don't know what that has anything to do with it, but it happens, uh, and he reveals that he has this magic heart. Um, which, I guess, I, I at this point, I was like, okay, maybe that's the heart that Bartra was holding. Um, but Nadja, like, collapses because she's like, has some illness, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she well, wakes, of course, because we do see them, like, actually become kind of friends here over... Yeah, they kind of have, like, some little sentimental moments. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, when she wakes up uh, with Bartra, and uh, they got, like, Gother as, like, he's, like, pretending to be, like, a maid for her, just so, like... Because yep. she's an actual princess, so like, the kingdom would freak out if there's just some stranger in there with her. 
Yeah, and nobody will bat an eye if it's if it's a maid. Mm-hmm. And we get like a like like some more memories of these two like hanging out and spending time together. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bartra, he basically wants Gotha to stay with his sister always. Um, yep. And Gotha notices like him and Nadra having like a literal heart to heart, and he realizes that like her heartbeat has been getting weaker like ever since the first day he met her. Uh, and she actually ends up dying basically right there with him or right there and like he's like oh don't go yet and he like tries to give her his heart um which obviously these soldiers kind of they hear like him yeah they they hear him screaming yeah yeah, and they kind of come in and and basically like the blood's literally on his hands like because he's cutting into himself and cutting into her trying to give her his heart so it looks really bad (laughs) Yeah, it's not a good look for old boy Gother. Yeah, he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, and he's basically, they they want to have him burned at the stake. Um, yeah, and we get to see a young Denzel here, which is really cool. Yeah, just for a quick scene, yeah, we do get to see a young Denzel. And we actually see, like, Bartra's there with him, and, like, Bartra is like, there's no way he would ever do this. Like, something must be up. Like, they got it all wrong. So, like, Bartra's clearly, like, Sees the good pretty much in everybody, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then back in present day, Deanne stops Gother from erasing his memories. Uh, and Merlin reveals to Gother and the others that he does have an actual heart. Um, and this, like, kind of inspires him and, like, causes his magic power to surge. And it's like all of his memories basically come back. Yep, and we get the, this episode ends with, like, the show still going on while the credits are rolling. So, you know, one of those kind of big moment episodes. Yeah, because it seems like that Merlin, like, reveals that any time Gother would have, like, a negative thought, he would just erase his memories. Like, oh. if anything, like, from his past started to, like, seep through, he would just blank his own memories and then go back to being, like, his regular doll self. Um, so, yeah, we get quite a bit of backstory on Gother, which is cool. Because uh, he was kind of always a strange character. Um, but moving right along, we're in episode 9 now. Uh, Deanne tells Elizabeth that her and King... Ran into like the version of her from the past, which was three thousand years ago, mm-hmm. and this kind of sticks with Elizabeth. She's like questioning, like, how's that possible? Yeah, oh, this episode has some really good, uh, good reveals here. But also, this is where I start to notice the animation looks very different. This is this is when it started popping out to me. Okay, see, I I hadn't even noticed it until episode twelve. So, but anyhow. Uh, King is try- King tries to make amends with Gother because he kind of feels bad for how he treated him. Um, mm. Gets They're a little schnookered. Yeah, he gets way too drunk. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, that, it's that peppermint patty side, uh, seltzer, man. That's right. Uh, then we flash over to Merlin, and she's kind of doing like I don't know what you. She's like has like this little spy bat thing. Oh, like, dude, I love this guy, man. Yeah. He's got his little fucking bowl cut. His fucking bowl cut. Yeah. <laughs> and she's basically trying to figure out where King Arthur is. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, which I'm glad she is, because you know who else was wondering where King Arthur was, uh, Cody? You, Chris. <laughs> me. Goddamn right, me. Yeah, we, we don't see as much of our side characters as I'd like. No, we really don't. Because uh, also, too, it's like, what what's going on with Hauser and the Holy Knights and all this shit, right? Yeah, we see him in the first episode, and... That's all you get. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hopefully we'll see more of that in the la- in the latter half. Um, 
but then uh, we flash over to Deanne, and like the sins are they're celebrating their little reunion basically. Uh, and Deanne hits Gother with the hard hitting questions, and she's like, "How did your creator end the Holy War?" And Gother's kind of like, "I'm unsure if I should tell the other, tell you guys. I don't know if I can talk about that basically." Uh, which we'll just put a pin in that for now. Exactly. Uh, we flash over to Elizabeth, and she she can't really shake what Deanne said earlier. She's like wondering about like what the old man Kane from way back in like season two said to her. Um. Mm-hmm. So she's just kind of trying to figure out like how could they yeah, see she's another version of all me. the pieces together. Yeah, she's trying to figure out like what what the hell is going on basically. Um, mm-hmm. And Meliodas, he can actually sense. This is on a little side note, uh, but Meliodas can sense that Merlin's been hurt by, like, Zeldris' power. Yep, because uh, she retires early. They're all, you know, Bond's trying to get everyone to keep drinking. She she retires to her room early. And even Bond's like, you know, you've only had a couple sips. Uh, when did you turn into such a lightweight, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Meliodas kind of goes over to her, and um, we see, like, I guess earlier we did see a little scene where, like, it's kind of hard to explain, like, Zeldris' magic kind of went through Merlin's little bowl cut bat guys. I don't know how it works out. Yeah. Like it it attacked her through like her crystal. Like, yeah, she, she got rocked while she was in her tower, you know, getting this information from the spy. Mm -hmm. Oh, there it is. That's number two. Number two, Chris, we're here. Um, Oh man. But, uh, then Elizabeth asked to talk with Meliodas like, uh, alone. Um, and she's like, there's way too many coincidences between me and, your last girlfriend, Liz, all this stuff. And she's like, I want to tell you, like, what what are you hiding, basically? Like, I know you know something. Um, and he kind of is like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. What, like, obviously, he, he had, there's something he's hiding. Um, yep. But Henderson kind of interrupts, and he's like, hey, Elizabeth, I need you to aid Merlin. Um, like, it's, like we said, she's been hurt by Zeldris' power. Uh, and while Elizabeth's doing that, like Zeldris can, I guess, sense her through this, and he like kind of reveals some some information to Liz that she's been looking for, and that she's a goddess, uh, and that she's got a lot Cursed. of big big story moments here. Yeah, uh, she's always reincarnated and always finds Maliotis every time, and that this yeah. has happened several times over the last three thousand years. Um. So yeah, kind of a big big story dump there. Yeah, that's kind of what um, well, that that's what we see a lot of in the next episode here. But uh, we have to get to her collapsing and shit first here because uh, we, we're going on a mission now, boys. Yeah, Mer- when Merlin awakens, uh, Elizabeth is acting very strange uh, and has yeah. to be alone. Um, since leave Leonis, they're on their way to Camelot. Uh, also, I'm not sure where they're going, but Dreyfus, Hendrickson, and Margaret also go on their own little journey uh we see them mm-hmm. depart uh and then elizabeth kind of starts spouting some random stuff um mm-hmm. like she says somebody's been bitten by like a werewolf or something i don't know what she says she's saying like stuff from the past elizabeth's memories yep things start getting uh tangled up here and also too one of the things here uh bon, i believe when they're on their way to camelot bon actually says to miller that he wants to sit out this mission because he he does again. It goes back to Meleskula keeping Elaine alive, and he does. He wants to be there when it happens when she dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kind of wants to be there for like her final moments. Um, yep, which is understandable. Yeah, I get that. Uh, but 
this Eldritch's magic basically is causing Elizabeth to start to regain some of her f- former memories, and uh, uh-huh. this upsets Meliodas, and uh, he reveals that when Elizabeth regains all of her memories, that she will die three days later. Yeah, that was that was a big deal because the uh, this next episode, dude, is just fucking. <laughs> Like I, I actually, this might be my favorite episode that I've seen this season because it, it definitely gave me the payoff for all this timey wimey bullshit. All this, uh, well, three thousand years ago, well, sixteen years ago, well, this, 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 and now we finally get to that payoff. Yeah, definitely, it definitely is a good payoff. Um, so Meliodas, he basically begins to tell the story of his three thousand year journey, and so three thousand years ago, him and Elizabeth were being crime, being punished for the crimes that they committed. Um, mm-hmm. obviously her being a goddess and him being a demon and them liking each other. And then they're like helping each other out. They're fighting their own races, all this so stuff. So their own leaders, like, yeah, the demon King and the Supreme deity. Um, and apparently the Supreme deity is actually Elizabeth's mother mm-hmm. and the demon King is Meliodas's father. They say that. Yeah. And I was just like, they kind of just brushed over it barely. And Yo, I was like, yeah. I'm That's like, kind of a big fucking deal, right? right. Especially when you yeah. look back at the episode before, where or you find out, or two episodes before, where you find out that's like, oh yeah, um, uh, uh, fucking Zeldris just has the Demon King's power, so it's like, did he just fucking say fuck you, Meliodas? I'll just find <laughs> another another heir, another whatever. I guess so. Um, I know. I think Zeldris refers to Meliodas as brother, but I don't know if they're actually brothers. Because he also refers to Esterosa as brother sometimes. Yep. So, but yeah, apparently Elizabeth's mom is like God, and Meliodas's pops is the devil. So yeah, there we go. Well, you know, we were building to this, so fuck it, let's go. But they end up killing the supreme deity and the demon king. End up killing Elizabeth and Meliodas the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, Meliodas basically awakens. Yeah, some, unscathed. Some, yeah, sometime later, unscathed, and Elizabeth is dead next to him. Um, and the Holy Wars had been, has ended. Um, excuse me, beer burps. That's all right. Meliodas realizes that he hasn't aged. Um, and then he comes across a new Elizabeth that's like alive and well. It sounds the same. She looks very similar. Yeah. She's like a cave woman. Yeah. She's like the savages is what they're called. Um, We have some, uh, some, uh, what's her name from Chrono Trigger, Aya, or whatever, Ayla, whatever, from fucking Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. That's, who she, that's who she reminded me of. Yep. Um, and when Meliodas, like, kind of helps her regain her, her memories, um, she basically reveals this, this the whole thing. Uh, she reveals that they were cursed with eternal life and eternal reincarnation. Um, and basically, Meliodas will, like... When he it, like when he dies, he'll always be resurrected, and Elizabeth will live like these short lives. Uh, and every time she's reborn, she'll forget her memories, and when she regains them, she'll die three days later. So we kind of get the full cycle yep. here. And uh, he says that he's met her like a hundred and seven times, and like there's only I like when he says like specific things. Like there's one where she dies as a child, and there's one where she actually lives to be an old woman and like dies in old age. Like I thought like. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, dude. So I would love to like get a bird's eye view of some of these different like relationships that he had with other Elizabeth, 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 <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah. Like you said, it happened 107 times over the last 3000 years. Um, mm-hmm. and then obviously most recently we have the, 
we flash through those scenes like you said there's the old lady elizabeth there's the kid elizabeth all different versions um versions where she where she never even regained her memory she just died like just so happened to die then we go to 16 years ago where yes indeed everything happened at dana fall um where we see that liz is actually elizabeth reincarnate or she was a elizabeth is liz reincarnated like she's the next coming of because they make it so like she thinks it was odd that the day she died was also the day that elizabeth was born Mm-hmm. Um, Maliotis is actually working back with Merlin on a way to like lift the curse and she suggests the coffin of eternal darkness which I believe is the thing that releases the Ten Commandments it's like that whole seal with Meliodas's like the butt of his blade or whatever yep yeah the little dragon blade thing yep and which that, we saw in the first season she's like Zeldris can use his magic that's the magic that they need to lift the curse I guess um, mm-hmm so but. it makes you kind of have this old oh shit moment that like, oh, okay, so to stop all this, like Meliodas is being like super selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he doesn't want to like, obviously he doesn't want to bring back the Ten Commandments because obviously they're a pain in the ass. Um, mm-hmm. But it turns out the wizards of Danafall have already re- resurrected Fraudrin. Yep. Um, and he's running amok there in uh, Danafall. Yeah, and he needs the blood of the goddess, uh, and he's trying to resurrect the Ten Commandments also. Yep, but yeah, it's like he does. There, he there's no goddess that he's aware of, so he's just like, "Well, fuck, it, we'll just kill all the people. We'll we'll see if that that's enough." Yeah, so he attempts to use all the humans' blood in Danafall, um, and obviously nothing happens. But he hears he hears Liz, Elizabeth, or this is Liz. We'll just call her Liz. He hears Liz nearby, and he's like, "Oh shit!" The only way you're alive is if you're not a human. Um, like, and you look familiar. Yeah, and he like recognizes her as the reincarnated Liz. Um, and he, he ends up killing her, which is like the kind of the scene we've seen a few flashbacks of. Um, Meliodas arrives, he attacks Fraudrin, and like basically explodes in like a dark rage type thing. Um, it pretty much just destroys all of Dana Fall. And like it's like lava everywhere, basically. I, he pretty much just goes oh, nuts, yeah. goes berserk. Um, and he basically watches this watches the city burn for like three days, and then he comes across like a, a mother who's like on basically like on her last breaths. Uh, she's got a baby with her, and she's basically like, "Turns we, out we take my baby, and of course this is baby Elizabeth reincarnated again." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's our that's our full three thousand year backstory, I think. Um, it, it, it brings it all together into a nice little, and just to a nice little head here. And I'm I'm actually okay with that. I'm I'm glad that that's kind of how where all of that timey and certain like certain dates and you know twenty years ago, sixteen years ago, fifty. I'm glad all of that had some kind of meaning. Um, and I'm okay with it. I, I'm okay with her like them being cursed and having this constant like cycle that they live. I think that's really cool. Yeah, you kind of start to feel for Meliodas. Um... Because, like you said, we get the full history of this cycle and, like, all of the torment and stuff he's gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, then in, in present day, Meliodas, basically his goal is to break this curse. Um, and, obviously, this upsets the sins because, like, as far as we know, like, if he breaks the curse, then they'll both die. Yep. Uh, but at least, like, his torment will be, like, both of their torments will like, come to an end. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sins are making their way to Camelot. 
Uh, but they were fir- first, they got to stop by Coland. And they got to get rid of this dimensional distortion that is like. Yep. Which, because uh, this episode trouble. was weird. Because um, it opened up with uh, fucking Helbrum, like old man Helbrum with like the eye patch and shit. At least that's who it looked like, like walking through a city. And I was like, I was like, don't do this to me. Like, is this guy still fucking alive too? Yeah, it's like a like a Hellbrum flashback. He's just yeah, kiss, thank God, killing like, people. No fucking way. The city's burning, and it clearly seems like the city of Colin that they've just arrived at. Um, mm-hmm. And when they arrive, they're uh, confronted by Zeldris. Um, so Meliodas goes after him. Turns out it's just an illusion um, that like Molascula is like manifested. That bitch. Yeah, so she is finally returned, uh, but she appears and captures Meliodas in her cocoon of darkness, Chris. Oh, of course, of course. And, you know, and this is where we get to see the rest of the gang just fight all these, just an army of skeletons that are, that are, that are, um, they're being run by pretty much all of Meliodas' negative thoughts. We get to see Hawk do some fighting. We get to see, <laughs> fuck, we finally get to see Escanor put up his dukes. Uh, there was a moment in a few episodes ago that I forgot to mention I thought was really funny. Um, when Escanor's, when, uh, he's trying to babysit drunk King and his fucking glasses fall off and he like yeah. roids out for a second yeah, and, and then, then like go th- <laughs> throws him back on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny, but, uh, here we finally get to see Escanor fucking saddle the fuck up. Yeah. They're basically fighting like the, the skeletons of like, it seems like all the people that Helbrum had killed and that little yep. flashback we got at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're pretty much making quick work of these guys. Um, all while Meliodas is trapped in this cocoon of darkness trying to get out. Of course. Um, and then Melascula tries to combine all these skeletons into like a big old super skeleton, but it like fails and falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but she actually succeeds in kind of corrupting Deanne. Um, yeah. And so she starts, she like clearly turns evil. She's like bleeding from her eyes and like turns over to like start attacking her friends basically. That's right. But my man Escanor comes and just socks her one right in the bread <laughs> basket. Yeah, and then Helbrum, he, he, he like, re- reveals to King that hey, the, all of this happened, basically, because of me. Um, he was the one that, like, carelessly slaughtered all these people. Because he hated humans. and So we get we get a nice little wrap-up there for uh, um, Helbrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, the basically the dead skeleton people, are that's all their grudges. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, go through it. He attempts to use his invasion ability to try and free Deanne. Um, Doesn't that, work. That fails. So Helbrum reveals himself basically, and Deanne crushes King's or Helbrum someone, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Helbrum is like dead, dead. Like maybe <laughs> strange. Like, he's died like five times already. But I get it. Like the helmet is now like crushed, and maybe you know we got his. I mean, he's come full circle now, right? Like we don't. There's there's nothing else that Helbrum can offer to this story. Yeah, and he says like, "Hey, protect." He tells King to protect Ian. Um, yep. And then Elizabeth it's arrives. Like, they have that moment, like in the beginning of the episode, where like, oh, so how'd everything go with the giant girl? You know, mm-hmm. he's very all bumping elbows, getting all chummy with him. Yeah. And uh, then Elizabeth arrives, of course, and she's fully awoken, so she's got her crazy goddess-looking eyes. Um, yep. And she uses her magic to free Deanne and like to like get all the spirits out of her and like free them, basically. Let me enter our final episode, Chris. Here we go. Starts off, we got Elizabeth. She's healing up the sins. Melascula appears, transforms into this giant snake thing. 
like a big yeah i i thought and i'm glad she turned into a snake because i thought whenever we were seeing her like the way she was because i know she got like burned and all that other shit and Mm -hmm. like she was like she had kind of like a snake looking face when we saw her so i'm glad that's what she ended up turning into yeah we'll actually get a little bit more we'll we'll find out why she had like because when she was talking to meliotis in her little cocoon thing Mm -hmm. she has like this weird like her jaw is like it's like, almost unha- like, like, yeah, it's, like, it's weird. Uh, but it turns out Bon attacks her, and Molaskula recalls that he had destroyed six of her hearts and dislocated her jaw. So, uh-huh. apparently, when Bon attacked her way back in, like, what, season three, that mm-hmm. caused her to dislocate her jaw, and which apparently has ruined her life, she says. Um, oh, that fine. Yeah, so. But turning yourself into a fucking snake doesn't? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess not. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, bruv. So Elaine tries to help Bond, uh, and she, she like saves him um, for a moment. Uh, but then we get like a an evil surge kind of like comes over everybody, and Merlin detects it to be Meliodas. Um, and Escanor knows something something bad's happening, so he summons his divine axe Rita, and he goes to where Meliodas is, where and he's clearly broken out of the the cocoon of darkness, um, and he is like enveloped in darkness. He's clearly like evil Meliodas. Um, he, like, reveals himself as, like, the leader of the Ten Commandments. Um, so clearly, like, his rage and darkness stuff has basically fully taken over him. Um, and him and Escanor kind of begin their their yeah, battle, Chris. Mer- Merlin makes the cube around him, the, the fucking battle <laughs> arena. Yeah, she, well, she actually protects her and, I think it's, like, her, Gother, and Elizabeth. I think oh. it's who it is. Um, but, yeah, we basically got the two strongest characters in the show other than Zeldris going yep. to toe-to-toe. Um, yeah, Meliodas is in his assault mode, I believe is what they call it. Yeah, but unfortunately we got this other fight going on, which is causing us to miss out on, on the good action. Exactly. But Elizabeth shows up, of course, uses her magic to shrink Molaskula into like a little 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 garden snake, basically. Mm-hmm. Merlin captures her in a test tube, and uh, it's kind of a way that they can protect Elaine from dying which while... I'm okay with I'm very much okay yeah I think it's I think it's cool um it, basically Malaskia gets to live which I, I'm sure will come I'm sure she'll make a comeback eventually um mm-hmm. just cause she's still alive in a test tube you know they could fall over and just break open and then she'll come back and yeah I, I, I yeah. fully expect it yeah I fully do too um but anyhow, Meliodas and Escanor, they're they're kind of oh, fighting. Fuck this. We start this, to lose. Well, this is where we start to lose some more frame rates. This is where I, I noticed the animation dipping. Yeah, quality. it doesn't look that great, but it's just like fuck, man. Like, I've been, I I will. <sighs> I'm just excited for the fight. I don't even care about the dude. I, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I just want to see like Escanor just talk all this shit. Like, he's so he's such a cool character. Escanor is like the best character in this fucking show, man. Yeah, like, pretty... I live to just watch him just fucking put hands on people. Yeah, and Meliodas ends up stabbing him, and that's where yeah. this, that's where this little section of episodes actually comes to a, a close. Dude, Chris. and I I I kept watching because I was like, no, like there's no fucking way. But we'll find out next week yeah. when we cover the second half of season four what actually goes down in this fight. Yeah, and that'll actually be our our finale for Seven Deadly Sins for, at least for yeah. now. Um, yeah, we'll revisit when we see more. But yeah, this will be the uh, the last one. So Cody, we got to do what we uh, what what are our, um, 
what's up next? What's on the poll coming up here that we're going to be posting on uh, Twitter and Facebook? Well, before we get to that, Chris, I want to get, like, what are your thoughts on this first little, this first section of 12 episodes? How did you oh, like? I, I like it. Yeah, I like it. I actually really enjoyed this. Um, I, I think it's some of the, the better storytelling that we've seen so far. Like it's bringing like it, it brings all of these questions and all of these loose ends, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. It actually wraps them up in a nice, neat bow. And they're just like, cool, now that we've taken care of that. Let's give you the fucking fight you want to see. Right. Yeah. And I think they did a pretty good job. Like when the training first started, I was like, oh, man. And then it like lasted like four episodes. I'm like, yeah, I was getting a little, uh, a little scared like, about that. But then when it all like the payoff is definitely worth it. Um, there's yeah. not as much fighting in like in the present day, obviously, until mm-hmm. we get to this last bit. Um, but I I really enjoyed it. I didn't. I mean, yeah, I was but, able to see past the the milk blood. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. Like I think the gripes in this section were pretty small, right? Like for the most part, um, I thought the fan service was kept to a minimum, which I like. Which I'm totally cool with like i don't i don't care if that makes me a fucking outcast in the anime community i just i don't care for fan service like the shit with king and deanne makes sense because like they like there's like a a budding romance there like mm-hmm. i and i mean i guess i understand meliodas and elizabeth but it's like that's you're just a fucking creeper dude like you're not doing you're not it's not even fun it's not even cute or endearing it's creepy yeah and there's none of that in this there's like it's like all serious yeah, um, yeah he like he like kind of does it once but like never great like just kind of like when she wants to speak with him in private she's kind of like rolls up by like oh what's going on you know mm-hmm. but never like grip grabs or does anything because he pro- probably knew yeah yeah she definitely means business um yeah but yeah I, i'm glad our boy king finally got his got his got his girl that's right that's right and he had the old george mcfly moment i love it but like you said chris we're gonna be covering the next 12 episodes of season four next week um, can't wait can't and wait. Chris, we like you said, we got to have our next poll because that'll be our last episode of Seven Deadly Sins, at least for a while until you know season five, season four, whatever they you want to call it comes out. Exactly, uh, which could be a year from now. You never know. Yeah, which I believe is delayed due to COVID nineteen. Um, oh, of course. Obviously. Um, so, but they can put that off. I've had enough Seven Deadly Sins for a little while. Yeah, I, I'm okay. Um, you know, pulling the plug here for a little bit. You know. Yeah, as much as I've loved this. As much as I like the show, it's just... I'm ready for something new. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, but Chris, speaking of which, you got your nominations. Um, so l- let me hear your nominations, Chris. All right, so mine for show I've seen is Castlevania. And it kind of segues into the show that I haven't seen because I've been fucking dying to watch it, uh, Blood of Zeus. Uh, both available on Netflix. Uh, Castlevania is top shelf. I don't know if you've seen that already, but it's... Castlevania is real gas, and I assume that Blood of Zeus is probably in that same ilk. I'd, I'd be willing to bet it's just as good. Yeah, I've seen Castlevania in full. Uh, I have not seen Blood of Zeus at all. Uh, yeah, I've been, I, and I've, the reason I haven't watched it is because of the podcast. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I, I don't even watch like anime outside of the podcast now. It's like pretty much. I was like, well, I could, I could watch that, or I could just watch it for the podcast, and like, so. Yeah. I look forward to either one of those shows. Those were I know I talked to you before we uh, when we were just messaging on Facebook. That I was, if you didn't pick these two, I was going to pick both of them. Nice. <laughs> Turns so, out. Um, but my picks, uh, I, w- I had to call the audible, the old Chris Adams oh. audible. Uh, I love it. Classic move. And I picked for the anime that I have seen. I chose Attack on Titan. Nice. Uh, we got episode. Our season four is actually premiering December seventh, the first oh, episode in Japan. So. 
it's going to start start rolling out here in America too on like Funimation and Crunchyroll and all that stuff. Um, so I nominated that one, and then for the one I haven't seen, which might be a surprise to some of you guys, uh, is actually Samurai Champloo. Oh man, that 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 is a shocker to me. Yeah, I've never never dove into it. I've always seen it, and I've always been like, yeah, I'll watch that eventually. And it's always been on my list to watch, just never. Another show with a killer killer intro. Oh really? Okay. Love oh that. my god, Cody, the intro's so good. Like it, I th- I think the intro's like bebop level good. And it and that there's some of the same team working on it. I want to say it's the same, like the exact same team. Oh okay. Well, if the, I'm pretty certain. Ah uh, yeah. So if that gets selected, we'll we'll do a little deep dive into the history between those two there's shows. There's no bad choice here. Yeah, a lot of good shows. Um, yeah. Honestly, if if it were up to like if if it were up to just me, I would choose Castlevania. Yeah, uh, I would choose Castlevania or Blood of Zeus just because like Castlevania is so fucking good. And it's, it's Castlevania, and I'm a sucker for like greek mythology so anything that i can get my hands on some on some greek gods and goddesses i'm in that's right but chris the choice isn't up to us it's up to you guys listening it's true it's up um, to the homies so if you guys want to vote on that you guys can go over to our twitter at shonen insuds and uh cast your vote it'll be up whenever this episode goes live i'll have the tweet ready um, and then i think i'm gonna make a facebook post as well mm-hmm. um just because we got a lot more people on the facebook page that can't really mm-hmm. vote because a lot of people don't like Twitter. Um, no, so I, might, no, I hate Twitter. I might just do something where, like, I'll just say comment down below which one of these four you'd want to choose. Um, and yeah. Then we'll, we'll just compare the votes. If you guys want to vote twice, you can vote on the Facebook and the Twitter, whatever you want to do. Um, but, yeah, look forward to that. We'll reveal, the, win- we'll reveal the winner next on our next episode, of course. Yeah. Um, but, Chris, we're not quite done yet. We got our, uh, our question of the week. I love questions cody i got a black belt in questions love that chris well this one's actually a tough one to answer honestly Mm -hmm. um the question is what is your favorite non-animated tv show oh okay well oddly enough it's not that difficult for me to answer um okay (laughs) I, i i have it's it's a tie it's a tie between two uh for a while for probably the last you know, almost eight years. It's been Fringe. Fringe. Yes, Fringe. I don't think I've never even heard of that. I don't think. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's one of my favorite. It's like a J.J. Abrams. It's X Files ish, multi timeline oh, okay. sci fi. Really, really good show. Um, but until recently, uh, my wife turned me on to the show Outlander, um, and that has slowly become probably it, it's it might be my favorite show of all time. Interesting. I've never seen either one of those. So. Oh man. Outlander have to put... is so they... good. Are these available on any like streaming services? Uh, or... yes. Uh, Fringe. If you have Amazon Prime, it's on like the IMDb channel, which okay. is free. It's all free. You just have to watch it with ads. Which whatever, it's fine. It's like It's it's less than Hulu with ads. So I'll put it that way. Okay. Um, and Outlander. I want to say all of it, but the most recent season that just finished, like right when COVID and stuff started, it's all on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely have to throw those into my into my list. Well, and the thing is, like, Outlander was a show that, like, I didn't think I would like it because it's kind of romancy. But then, like, when I saw what it was about, and like the show started going, I was like, "Holy shit! Like, this is a, this is like my favorite thing." Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's really good. 
yeah, I'll definitely have to throw that in the loop. Obviously, I got Amazon Prime because I've been I've actually been watching Eight Man after like the the episodes, mm-hmm. not the old show, but like the how they yeah. broke down into four episodes. I've been mm-hmm. kind of just throwing Probably that a lot on. cleaner that way, isn't it? Yeah, and they got like an intro and everything. It's cool. Oh hell yeah! Um, but yeah, I think for my choice, I I do have two, um, and the uh, reason I have two is because I have one that's like a serious show and one that's just like a fun show. Sure. Um, and this may may seem kind of like your, your typical answer, but Friends is actually like my favorite show there is. Oh, Friends is it, it's in my top five. Yeah, I I just love Friends. Uh, everything about it, the characters, all of it. Uh, Oh, I yes. think it's great. Uh, my mom got me into it when I was a kid, and I pretty much watch it on a regular basis. <laughs> and it's still fucking hilarious, Cody. Friends is still so funny. It really it's, is, yeah. It kills me how funny it is sometimes. And it was made at, like, I think it was made in, like, the perfect time. Like, there was not yes. no wait, not a whole lot of cell phones and all that bullshit that you see in the new sitcoms. Yeah, it's perfect. And it's I want to say, I'm pretty sure it's my wife's favorite show. And we quote Friends all the time in this house. This is a Friends household. Yeah, I'm, yeah, <laughs> same, same through and through. Uh, but yeah, and then on the serious side, uh, my favorite, more like drama type show is uh, mm-hmm. The Sopranos. Oh, another classic show. Yeah, I, I rewatched it again, probably two years ago, maybe about two years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just, it's just the best show. Like, <laughs> dude, H- as much HBO as- makes nothing but good shows. Yeah, it, like it really is. Like I remember, I had seen it a bunch when I was a kid, just as my dad watched it. Um, but I finally like sat down and watched the entire show, and yeah. it, that that's my favorite. I, as much as I like like Breaking Bad and you know your typical like big hitters, I think I think Sopranos is just the best. And it's also a show that's aged very well. Like mm-hmm. it's still very very good. And it's uh, another show like you put it. Like it's I think it also came out at like the right time. Yeah, because like. I hate all the new shows where it's like all the kids are on their cell phones and like mm-hmm. they've uh, all got steered, they're just balls deep in their tablet and yeah it's like yeah none of that's funny like I don't know no it really um, isn't so but yeah I think both those shows, like they, they just came out at a perfect era uh, but yeah I'll definitely have to check out you said Fringe and what was the other one yep Outlander Outlander yeah I'll definitely have to throw those on my on my watch yeah, list yeah they're they're really really good uh, Fringe it was five seasons uh, it got it got canceled before the fifth season started, and you you know a show's going you know outside of like anime, you know a show's going to get canceled when they move it to like a different day. And it's like oh well that's a that's kind of a you know a nail in the coffin. But also too like season four is pretty tough to follow. Like seasons one, two, and three are fucking gas. Season four gets a little out there, so stick with it. But season five is like all right, we know we were out there season four. Let's just wrap this shit up. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that, I mean, that's just a warning there. I've suffered through some shows and yes. their ups and downs. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen Prison Break, but... I have, yes. Prison Break's first season is like the greatest show of all time, and then it just <laughs> takes a Nose hard left. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Um, but yeah, guys, those are our those are our favorite non-animated television shows. Uh, yeah. But a lot yeah, of Chris, good choices. I, I think that's all I got for this week. Dude, that's all I got. I'm ready to get into this fucking S... But I am ready for them to scrap. Yeah, I look forward to seeing the the, the outcome of this fight. Um, Dude, me if you too. Got, if you guys want to follow along with us, we're going to be watching episodes thirteen through twenty four of Seven Deadly Sins season four as yeah, it's, we're as it's labeled it up. on Netflix. Of course, yeah, finishing it up. Um, 
Yeah, we're going to see who the real big dick daddy of this uh, this outfit is. Yeah, so once again, guys, you can follow along with us on our Twitter page, at Shonen and Suds. Be sure to vote on our new poll uh, when it goes live. And uh, like our Facebook page, obviously. Uh, and we will see you guys next Tuesday. I am Cody uh, Snodgrass. And I am Chris Adams. And if you want to pick Castlevania, I won't be upset. Do it. Pick Castlevania. Pick, pick Castlevania. Castlevania. Or Blood of <laughs> Zeus. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. <laughs>